Fresh of My Fresh podcast, Curtis Metcalf, on a rainy Tuesday night, September 26, 2023. It's all documented. Last time we checked in with each other, it was September 3rd, and I've been trying to get an episode together for y'all, but real quick, this one's going to be a real quick one. Um, first off, rest in peace to um, David McCallum. If you don't know his name or familiar with the name, uh, in TV back in the 60s, he was uh, Ilya on this show called The Man from Uncle. He has had a long, illustrious career um coming into this era he was uh he played the role of mallard donald ducky mallard on ncis alongside um, mark Harmon and the rest of the cast and um he passed away yesterday i'm just finding this out through a colleague on social media. I went to looking at stuff and uh, Lauren Holly gave a dedication to him. There's like reports of his passing. And so um, also on the, on the music side, he recorded, he recorded albums. I, I collected a couple of them still looking for that third one. Um, but if you're familiar with this song he did off this album called, uh, Music, uh, Part of Me, A Little, A Little Part of Me, I think that's the whole title. It's a song on there called Edge, which if you looking for samples or something, this one was a real popular one. Especially back in the summer of 1998, uh, Missing Links, um, late 90s hip-hop group comprised of uh, Al Tariq, formerly cool-ass fash of the Beat Nuts, um, Black Attack, and Problems. Problems, who you're familiar with, probably from uh, DJ Honda's All for the Cash. He's one of the MCs that was on there. Had a promising, you know, promising future, you, you know, if you collected that back in 96. Uh, Black Attack was another one. They was coming up on the underground scene. Uh, but they had this song called uh, M.I.A., which utilized a good part of the aforementioned David McCallum song. And they had them, they had them a modest hit with that one. You know how it goes when somebody uh, finds your sample, find a record that you sample, they go in the studio and they come out with their own version or whatever. A um, couple more people sample that song. Um, probably the most popular usage to date has been Dr. Dre. Um, the next episode features Snoop, Corrupt, Nick Dog. you know. Hey, 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 hey. What was it? Hold up. 
with to the people that we take it with yourself. You know how the whole thing goes. Smoke weed every day. But long story short, David McCallum don't I still don't know what instrument he plays on there. It's just like, you know, David Axelrod produced it, so the late David Axelrod got a lot of chips from that. <laughs> because David Axelrod was all the rage in mid to late nineties. Like chances are some of your favorite if it was a rap song that got to be hit whether the underground or the mainstream and your favorite rapper either rapped over a remix version. Let's say for instance Rashcast, Soul on Ice. Remixed by Diamond D. Like the original version of his album was cool, but then it's like your album sales boosted because a certain producer produced them, plus they went and found, dug up that record, and then, you know, you go find. If you go that far, you go and find a sample. I know I was. I was looking for it. Around the time that cats like Soul Man, Phil Moschill, and Con Man, and Con and Amir, and DJ Muro and Ken Sport were making the breaks tapes with the samples stuff that are that the playing the records that people sampled around the time because at this time this is this is a whole this is a whole reaction to the sample clearance laws that we were becoming privy to due to uh the turtle suing de la soul and gilbert o'sullivan suing uh biz marquis for using stuff without permission. So the next logical step was like, yeah, let's go through these records and see what, you know, see what we can find. That was kind of like becoming a thing because everybody wasn't a DJ, everybody wasn't a producer, and everybody wasn't digging for breaks like that. Whole different thing from today. So, uh, rest in peace to David McCallum, you forever going to be in rhythm because the funk has been proven. Um, next subject I want to state is, uh, yeah, whoever comes up and pushes that narrative that Puerto Ricans didn't have nothing to do with, um, uh, with the starting hip hop, like, okay, it was a solitary dares. At the same time, if we doing 50 years of hip hop, the story got to be told. You tell that to Crazy Liz, you're going to look crazy. He probably just going to slap you. You don't tell DJ Charlie Chase, known Puerto Rican, legendary, uh, the Cold Crush Brothers, you don't tell that man that. Puerto Ricans don't have nothing to do. Don't play the race card neither. Don't play the race card neither. Uh, I seen um, I seen a post a Twitter post and because I don't call it X and a Facebook post from DJ Ross Swift of the, uh, of the X-Men Executionist DJs. He's black and Puerto Rican. And he had this to say uh, 
I've noticed a, a rise in hip hop influencers and social media accounts that claim expertise in the area of hip hop without relevant qualifications. And y'all need to stop validating these platforms. They're the internet generation snake oil salesmen. So beware of the culture ambassador who posts about hip hop history on a daily basis, but never engage in a legit exchange with a hip hop pioneer beyond asking for a picture. If you're looking to educate yourself on the topic of hip hop, it's your responsibility to make smart decisions as to whether as to where you go and who you follow for hip hop information. An Instagram handle that contains the words DJ, rap, culture, or hip hop doesn't automatically legitimize it. Neither does a blue check authenticate the information being dis- disseminated from said account. Follow and support hip hop content. That comes from actual practitioners, not bloggers who get their information from other bloggers. Read books on hip-hop history. Gather your own information. Research and do your due diligence if you want to learn about breaking, rapping, DJing, or graffiti. And even then, make sure the domain you're getting into, you're getting your info from, is credible because there are a lot of people exploiting hip-hop for its currency, the monetary, and social kind. Yeah, yeah, you could, um, amen, amen, Ross Swift on that, because I had been wanting to gather, how should I say it, I've been wanting to gather a real good diatribe about people clout chasing and just posting stuff for content, because, like, the hot thing right now is, um, It's the girl named what what uh sexy red and the whole you know Deion Sanders and uh Colorado University losing the game. My thoughts on that is is this: you can not like the man, but it only proves that you admit in public that you eat candy corn. Deion Sanders. Three wins. He ain't got to win another game. <laughs> Colorado doesn't have to win another game. They won two more games than they won all last season. There was there was one and eleven. I don't know what y'all expect. I don't know what y'all expect folks to actually do. You got to beat everybody in the nation. He works with what he has. He is working with what he has. On to the next. But people don't, people don't ever believe. People don't ever believe, because it, it it quickly turned into everybody wants to tear the black man down when he's the light. Pardon me for a second while I get my next subject ready, and uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a real good one. Doing a short episode, yes. Alright. Alright, uh prayers going to uh Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs of Harmony. He's in the hospital. I seen uh people posting about he's fighting for his life, he's and you know, uh he's having a health crisis. So uh prayers for the brother. Um He's affected by something 
deeply that affects folks that affects a certain family member of mine and I wanna see them I wanna see him get through it. Um one thing that has caught that has caught me and stuck me actually is that um Crazy Bone. I seen a video uh the other day, like Sunday was when we got the news and I went to scrolling just to see if it was true. And Crazy Bone spoke out on the whole how to rap at record labels who put out rappers who put out the dangerous content that they do, all the criminal activity and all that. Come to find out, Crazy Bone was on doing a radio interview maybe a few years ago. Can't tell. I can tell it's recent. And says that uh, they was pretty much made to make music to influence the youth into a criminal lifestyle and the record labels invested the money made from that into private prisons. So if you thought your friend or your homie or uh, a hip hop account was just kicking some old conspiracy theory type thing about it, I've heard about it, hard to believe, but not hard to itself. You have to wonder why certain acts had stayed independent for a long time, selling selling their selling their music out the trunk, not giving up their laurels or morals. In making the music they want to make without having a record label interfere, even though a record label will boost you up your visibility into the stratosphere if you make music that's different from your core. It feels like another story, but hey, Crazy Bone or Bone Thugs of Harmony, one of the groups that. Came under notoriety, some high notoriety, have a big fan base, have a big worldwide audience due to the late ECE and NWA. And that's a thing that makes you wonder. We're going to pray for the brother. Hope he come out of this. And speaking of that, um, Special Ed, you catch Special Ed on uh, on an episode of Drink Chaps that came out like a couple weeks ago. Uh, at present, Special Ed said some things in the episode that I feel is his opinion and people took it the wrong way. Exhibit, you know, Exhibit from, um, he started out with the alcoholics and did 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 you know became a prominent west coast rapper due to that root uh he had some words to say about what special ed said on drink champs and special ed pretty much said that 
it was a dark time when uh, NWA came out and did what they did on Straight Outta Compton and everything else. Everything else after that. Um, I see what the man's saying. I see what the man's saying because after NWA came out, it was like, you had a lot of people get on the bandwagon, copy them, and bite them, and turn in to some other thing in music. When 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 rap, when the rap music that was being made, you you still had Salt and Pepper, you still had Heavy D, you still had all this all this color out there. You know what I'm saying? King T, Mellow Man, Ace, yeah, Candyman. You had you had a plethora of people. Father MC. <laughs> <laughs> you had Vaughn MC, and you had like okay, NWA. You got to give them the credit for saying what they said and being this fixture, being this outlet for it. Ruthless Records, they hit national. They hit national in February nineteen eighty nine with Straight Outta Compton album. Regardless of what folks say. NWA straight out of Compton didn't get didn't didn't it didn't get released on August eighth, nineteen eighty eight. First of all, the whole number thing y'all y'all stuck on the angel numbers. That's not that's not what it is. Especially when Easy Ease Easy Does it came out like November of nineteen eighty eight. It's not feasible for a record label to put their albums right behind each other. They're gonna bump heads and everything. What did happen? What did happen was around the beginning of August 1988, that first NWA album, NWA and the Posse, got released. Well, it was re-released because it originally came out on Macola Records like a year earlier, 1987. In 88, it pops back up. It popped up on the billboard for that first week of August. Because Proidy Records, who Ruthless Records signed a distribution deal to, put the album back out. So no more, so no more was like, oh, somebody, you know, my cousin and something had that, had that uh, NWA tape earlier. They came, it came out earlier or whatnot. Nah, nah, nah. You didn't have it, you didn't have it in August of 88. You thought you did, but you didn't. Hell, I didn't have a whole lot of stuff that came out. So, also shout out to Dark Adams for that information. But back to the whole special ed thing. Three things. People complain about how rap sounds today. Why, why rappers are limited. To the same themes of money, cash, hoes, street stuff, while the women are acting like men, while the women doing whole rap, stripper rap, why is WAP so popular? This and that. Um, look no further than mid eighties. You know the uh the warning label. This album contains explicit language. Parental discretion advice must be eighteen or older to buy. Um, I remember this as a youth because 
my brother used to, we used to ride the bus to the mall and used to visit all the record stores or the uh, Camelot Music, Tate World, Sound Shop. Only folks who, who my age know what that's about. All the rap stuff was in the back. It was on the back row. Um, that's why I sing like two live crew albums, Miami Bass Waves, anything from Miami, anything rap related. Yeah, there were no, um, this was like mid 80s. This is like 86. This is after the PMRC had, you know, the Washington Wise made, you know, made guys like John Denver, uh, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, and the late Frank Zappa come to court a mock court to explain like why you make the music you're making you don't think this is offensive to kids and all that um but then next thing you know everybody's labeling their albums you know beforehand like you know a disclaimer parental advisory explicit content or whatnot Some record labels, like, say, for instance, Luther Campbell down at Luke Skywalker Records in Miami, it was already labeling their albums like this because they was coming out hardcore with the cussing and stuff. They was also making clean versions of their songs or their albums and all that, and those were sell. And actually, due to what he was doing, uh, Luther Campbell and Two Live Crew they were the only Southern act to sell consistently gold and platinum albums while doing that. Matter of fact, they were the only Southern act that was doing that was that sold a solid platinum. Nobody else. Um, Nineteen eighty nine, uh, Two Live Crew, as nasty as they want to be. They actually went to court. They actually went to the Supreme Court. This actually went to the Supreme Court to fight, you know, on behalf of artists everywhere who benefit off of this today. They went to the Supreme Court to, to deal with the censorship issue. They was called to court after uh, a record store owner. No, 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 excuse me. After they were arrested for performing lewd and lascivious acts on stage in front of a minor. They had to fight that case and other cases. They were sued by Roy Orbison for uh, for uh, for Pretty Woman, which they had on the cleanest day, uh, cleanest day, clean, as clean as they want to be album. They did extra songs. They were sued by George Lucas for Lucasfilm and uh, for the Luke Skywalker thing, even though Luke spelled his like S-K-Y-Y Walker. You know, Luke Skywalker's from Star Wars, so, you know, he had to get that up. That's why after after 1989, 1990, it's, it's Luke Records. Um, Two Live Crew were one of the acts that pretty much made people want to cuss like 
in the East Coast and the West Coast for certain for certain acts to gain visibility, you couldn't you couldn't bring your street raps. You had to be viable. You had to make your stuff to where it was suitable for because you know it's aimed at kids. The music was aimed at kids. The music was pretty much aimed at kids at the time. Kids are on the rap music. They know they hip. You got to give it to them. You got to give the people what they want. Um, I would say at the time it was room for it, but as far as the influence, Tulai Crew had a lot of influence. Like up from the south, like it wasn't even relegated to the south. Two Live Crew records were getting heard in like Seattle, Detroit, Chicago, Canada, all that. So you know, I know, I know. Seriously, for myself, the whole I had to have headphones on if I ever got a tape. I didn't even know no folks who had tapes. My cousins had them. Was telling me about it. It's like they, were, they cussing on the record and all this and all this fly stuff. I didn't get to hear a Too Loud Crew album until, like, was it Move Something? Move Something. I heard Move Something before. Before the big one. Before Me So Horny and As Nasty As They Want To Be and all that. But point being is that Too Loud Crew made it big off of doing what they did. Mr. Mix in the book, uh... Brian Coleman's Check the Technique said uh, Two Live Crew originally was supposed to have been uh, uh, a comedy, kind of like a comedy act on wax in the form of uh, Leroy and Skillet, Lawanda Page, Red Fox, and all those all those people who recorded for Laugh Records and comedy, comedy albums and stuff like that. And they leaned into that for a few songs or whatever. But yeah, that whole thing was supposed to have been... Uh, comedy frank comedy and the sex and everything came came with it because it was it was miami you know human break but that's part of the strip show rap that people have come up with i got i gotta give credit to uh uh we don't we don't we don't speak on the internet nowadays but jason mass he brought this up he did bring this up, like this whole three-tier thing that I'm doing right now. Um, so, Two Live Crew, you had the sex and everything. You know, Luke on the call response. Hey, we won't. Uh, do you believe in having sex? Yeah, he was all he was all on that. Move some, all that. Um, too short. Or should I bring him up last? Nah, because I said NWA. NWA brought the gangster brought the gangster and everything and it's funny when you peep into the backgrounds and stuff some folks had came from real well-to-do families i know ice cube did um but you know the skill and the talent makes you you know go into other areas where you open open doors for yourself and you bring this it's like it's like at a discount or something like that you don't know what your influence is going to do until you drop a record and you see what it does. And then uh, there are other things at play that happen with it. But to to add to Special Ed's point, like, yeah, it got real bad when NWA was chosen 
blown up and then it pushed a whole lot of stuff out of the way. It kind of like set a movement back. Like you had X-Clan out here. You had Daylight out here. You had Public Enemy out here. Too short in in my KRS-One voice. He was talking about out here talking about these pimps and hoes. Let me tell y'all something. Too short. When he came out with what he was doing, he was, he's another example of a guy that was selling tapes out the trunk. He got popular that way. He was selling in Oakland, and he was happy doing that until Jive Records started calling. Now, Jive Records is one of the biggest record labels worldwide, and their main thing, they was putting out other artists before. They put out they put out uh, Schoolie D, who's the godfather of Gangsta Rap. Just because he he published PSK, what does it mean? PSK is a cornerstone because it made... It made Ice T make six in the morning. That record popped off. That made that made Dre easy and them make Boys in the Hood. With Too Short though, he was talking about these pimps and hoes. He was talking about life on the street in Oka, California, and he did it to some real hypnotizer beats called the Dope Fiend Beat. Uh, he recorded for the seventy-five girls label he recorded he would record a song about you for like uh for like ten dollars tell him what you like tell him about yourself what you like to do things things in your life he'll right he'll make a whole rap song about it man hustle the hustle was unreal with too short now when jive signed him and dropped born to mac they couldn't get enough of too short and knowing that the rest of the world when when he got released, so too short fit into that old school rapping mode, hypnotizing beats that paved that paved the way for like everybody else out on the West Coast, pretty much. Like he brought light to a whole lot of to a whole lot of things. Man, without without NWA and Too Short, we probably wouldn't get the hieroglyphics. Ice Cube is Dale's cousin. Ice Cube got a lot of cousins in this rap game. Two shorts from Oakland. Sophia's from Oakland. Digital Underground. Man, that's a whole nother post. But Two Short. Two Short had influence, but the subject matter was damaging and stuff. Between all of these groups that I just named, Two Loud Crew, Too Short, and NWA, uh, they did a number. They did a number on it, and a whole the whole conversation that sprouts out with that is, is the women. Is with the women. Why all the women's got to be hoes and bitches and everything? You know, other people would pick up on it and run with it. You know, it wouldn't be the same thing. Uh, in Mobile, I know if you was a Too Short fan then you were more than likely to pick up other things that was like too short related. And we ain't gonna get into the whole gamut, but I got a I got a chart that I keep handy dandy right here. Uh too short. You go from too short, then you go to uh Underground Kings, Bun B and Pimp C. Rest in peace, Pimp C. You go from UGK to Eight Ball MJG. A whole lot of player, a whole lot of pimping, 
and 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 more more much more of that industry talk. Don't think that the industry don't love this because they kept putting the records out, y'all. Do you look at do you point a finger at the audience too? That's a question that's a question to ask yourselves, you know. Some people love some people love to hear that 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 pimp, that player, that gangster. A whole lot of stuff that plagued us in in the nineties. And all I want to say is remember that these folks are artists. They can move that needle, they can move that pen and weave it into anything that they want to, because they are artists. An artist is never one thing. Also, I want to say, I think we had back back in those days, back in the nineties, I think some people we had some people wrong. We had C. Dolores Tucker wrong. She was trying to save kids. Recipes to C. Dolores Tucker. Recipes to uh the Reverend Calvin Butts. Just find out he died like a uh, a few days ago and he's probably been past he's been gone transition for years but you remember when the man took the steamroller and steamrolled over like a whole bunch of rap cds like the chronic and doggy style and 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 snoop had a problem with it and stuff and if you if you recall bone thugs intro to thuggish ruggers bone we're not against rap we're not against rappers but we are against those thugs if somebody could have that whole what he said, the whole footage from that, I would love that because that got him on on TV. Also raised the ire of a lot of people. I was young at the time, and like I said, it the music was for young folks, and it felt like you know they were trying to take away rap. So anything attacking the rap, you would attack it too. It was already rap was under that microscope, and the whole switcheroo of calling it calling it from rap to calling it hip hop when it should have been called hip hop in the first place. That shows you also the uh, commercial viability, uh, you know, the culture vultures in the mainstream. Yeah, you didn't want to call it hip hop at first, but now you're seeing it's making a ton of money. Now you want to call it hip hop, and now everything is hip hop. And you know, we're using hip hop to sell pine saw and 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 dishwashing liquid and stuff. But yeah, a lot of toxicity came from those three groups: <laughs> Two Live Crew, NWA, Too Short, and you might. And you might be still listening to them today. If they wasn't out aped out the business like everyone else, I wouldn't say two shorts aped out of the business because he had some people he put on. Everybody had people they put on. NWA broke up. Ice Cube went on. Dr. Dre formed Death Row Records, which pulled in Tupac, uh, 
Easy E still push. He discovered Bone Thugs. There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot down. There's a whole nother post. So, I'm going to end it with that. Y'all have a good night.